podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 363. It's a palindrome of Film Bastards. <laughs> My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello everyone, we hope you're safe and well. Uh, hands up, who's go- shortly going to be in a local lockdown? Me! Yay. Uh, I'm Ian, and who knows if I'll ever go to the cinema again. We shall find out, what fun. Uh, coming up this week, we have got reviews of films you don't need to go to the cinema for, like The Babysitter, Killer Queen, um and deep blue sea free but also a film that you do have to go to the cinema for which is kind of surprising because i kind of bet in normal times you wouldn't have to go to a <laughs> cinema to see it we'll talk yeah. about it though it's sally potter's the road's not taken javier bardem's got asperger's will l fanning be able to handle him let's find out um also not asperger's alzheimer's I was a bit confused by that. I wasn't going to like correct you, but yeah. I did think, shit, did I miss that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, shit, yeah. I'm sure it's dementia. <laughs> yep. Straight up, he's got dementia. Is she going to be able to find him? He's gone out without his shoes. Also, spoiler alert, um, trailer <laughs> talk. We, we'll do some what we've been watching. I've got one. Um, and some other things also a bit of a show announcement which is actually actually quite exciting and surprising um mark and i and and mark by extension becky and i um have uh managed to get a london film festival accreditation for the year which is lovely um so have jordan and so have noel so we'll probably do some collaborative stuff around that and uh yeah yeah we we don't know how the we don't know exactly how the screening is going to work yet most the vast majority of content and is a limited slate will be available on the digital viewing library there are some films though that it looks like will have a very very limited accessibility to watch online um so uh nomadland uh soul uh i believe american utopia um and i'm missing another one what am i thinking of uh uh, uh portrait of a winslet on ronan um what's that so, actually called uh, ammonite that was it ian's title's better my, yeah. my title is better um so yeah we will see what exactly happens with being able to see those yeah, and I'm pretty sure American Utopia is the fourth. I've been thinking for like the last few days of the fourth one. I'm pretty sure it's that. Um, however, you can definitely expect us to talk about uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, um, Relic starring uh, Emily Mortimer. Um, there's a film Supernova, which is Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci as a gay couple. Yeah. I want to watch that. I very much want to watch that. Um and uh yeah i mean there's there's uh plenty of other stuff as well um they are doing 
screenings in london and at cinemas across the country in all fairness um the new steve mcqueen one which i think is part of an anthology but uh, they're showing mangrove uh, i believe as well um so there's some interesting um looking stuff uh, to be fair um having a, a a more condensed slate i think is kind of thrown up some really interest uh, really good stuff so yeah we'll be uh we'll be doing some lff coverage in october mark have i or, or becky have i like missed anything there that you guys have spotted and gone oh that looks interesting yeah that's what which one, which one no i just wanted to see what the animated one was uh soul and wolf walkers oh wolf walkers looks interesting yeah is that say, yeah yeah is that the secret of Kells people i think so yeah, well. it is, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll be watching that. Um, Got a little soft spot for Secret of Hell. Yeah, that, uh, what is it as well? Um, Friendship's Death. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. <clears throat> yeah. Go on, sorry. Yeah, uh... One Man and His Shoes, is it about Leo from Twin Peaks? No. It's not about Leo from Twin Peaks. Infinite search for new shoes. I've definitely watched that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got fucking new um, Abel Ferrara movie. Um, that's oh, the Willem Dafoe one. Yeah. 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 I'm always I'm always up for for new Abel on there. So yeah, there's there's plenty out there, and it's always gonna be nice to just go. Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna give out that, that that's on. Let's give it a go. Depending on what the availability is like for the for actually watching them, everything. Yeah, anything. Yeah, anything that takes a fancy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it 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 seems like everything other than those four I mentioned will be available on the library for the duration of of like the festival, and usually they put them out a bit before the festival as well to get coverage ready for when the festival starts. Mm. Um, and it starts in uh, mid October um so i usually the screener library is open from en- end of september so i wouldn't be surprised if there's stuff available in the next couple of weeks um so you know there there will be probably some stuff that we're not allowed to talk about until it's shown or like the day of at the festival uh but i don't know maybe we could like record in advance or something like that i don't know we'll sort things out but yeah I, you can expect like after years of me getting a fucking lff press pass and then work getting in the way um it, it's going to be really fun to just like have a more relaxed way of okay I, I i'm in the mood for this i can watch it and give it it's it's full due um and i, I think the idea of on like essentially online press screenings is a fucking fantastic one um and yeah, I mean, like Soul, I'm really looking forward to Soul. I've got no idea what it is because the marketing so far hasn't really said what it's at, what it's actually about. Um, so that that will be fun. Um, Ammonite seems to be getting some um, pretty mixed reviews, uh, which is a shame. But uh, people seem to be ra- raving about Nomadland. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And American Utopia, people seem to fucking adore as well. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to American Utopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Spike, Spike Lee doing a David Byrne concert film. Fucking hell. Go on, then. Mm. Um, yeah. David, David Byrne's got form for these um, concert movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not making sense. He's, he's 
fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we you know we we I think we've got some really good coverage, which is great because everything seems to be getting delayed again, or there's talk of everything getting delayed again. But at least October, it seems like we're going to have some good content. Yeah. Um, between that, the Blumhouse films on Amazon, um, fucking Rebecca, um, oh, what's the Chicago other one that had the trailer? Is that out? Yeah, Trial of the Chicago Seven. That's the October sixteenth. Yeah. So you got that, and then Rebecca the week after. Rumors. Um, there are strong rumors that um, when they first posted the trailer for Trial of the Chicago Seven online um on the on youtube there was a a link at the bottom that when you clicked on it it uh went to um cinemas showing in the uk <laughs> and so there's a rumor that uh that the in selected cinemas in uh september and october is going to be uk based which is fucking fascinating if if i can get to see it oh yeah it, 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 it does actually say but not for him I mean, to be to be fair, Showcase are one of those chains that show like Sky Cinema films when they have their own releases. Like the week the week they come out in um, on Sky, they show them. They seem pretty loosey goosey. It you know you'd like to think that given the current situation, cinemas might be a bit more fucking amenable to yeah, all right, then we'll show a Netflix film for a few weeks. Yeah. So yeah, so October's looking promising which is good because who the fuck knows where the death on the Nile comes out now. Like there have been rumors for days about black widow moving. Um, and then, but then no time to die. They seem very, very hot on. It is coming out in November. They seem very, very, very firm on that. And the good thing about no time to die is the U S is not its main market. I reckon they have to pay Daniel Craig more if it goes past a certain point. You wouldn't be surprised, yeah, mm. if, if, if they've gone, if he's gone. I am not promoting it. I am not even talking about it. I don't even want to appear on a poster after 2020. I will actively come out and badmouth it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, he must be so pleased that he can now schedule the press he does for it basically around him. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and half it, I reckon he'll just go. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> no, I mean, th- and then that- literally, when they go, you've got to. He'll go, all right, I will. And then miraculously, it'll be like my internet cut out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. Sat in your own home and doing an interview over Zoom. Yeah, it feels a bit risky. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> no, he literally will cut down the nearest mobile tower <laughs> and sever his fiber optic connection. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, might be saving us all if it's a 5G one. You can imagine, you can imagine that the, the local councillor coming up and going, you, "You, you literally cut down on mass and him going, yeah, I know, but they paid me that much that I am willing to repair that for you. <laughs> it's two million quid. <laughs> now just don't repair it for the next six weeks." He lives out near your dad, doesn't he? I reckon his internet connection is quite spotty anyway. It's spotty anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is about ten minutes away from my dad. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So the Candyman delay hadn't been announced this time last week, had it? No. I'm sorry, Bex. Um, Bring it all. I, I will say this 
for the Candyman thing. The one thing that, that, that the one positive I am taking from it is that movie must be fucking brilliant. Yeah. For them, for them to be, for them to not have just gone. Do you know what? We're just gonna put it on premium VOD. I wouldn't pay for it. I wouldn't pay thirty quid for it. To watch I it. fucking would. I want, I want to see it in a fucking cinema. I'd, I'd just do it again at the cinema when it came out. Yeah, it's um, I t- oh, it's so my I'm so conflicted because all this time I've been like, let's get cinemas open, let's get films back in the cinemas, blah blah blah. But do you know what the 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 box office reception of Tenet in the US. No, the US isn't everywhere, but I can see why studios have been scared off. Yeah. Um, you know, it it didn't it didn't work. I thought it was going to, and it didn't. It's it's done well in the thing is it has done very well internationally, but the problem is that film is not universally adored. And it's not having the legs that they thought it was going to. Couple that with the fact that Mulan, fuck it, like it did 25 million in China in its opening weekend, which doesn't sound bad, but it's bad for what that film was. Like it's really bad for what that film was. Um, so it, it, it just it it's and but then as well, Mulan's Disney Plus opening wasn't very big either. So that they are caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. But at the same time. It, it, I, they, the, the, the studios can't just sit on these things forever because people will be in, like, just like taken in by other things. You know, they're not necessarily going to be that in, like, A Quiet Place Part Two. By the time it comes out, if it comes out in like October 2021, I don't know. Is it not just going to feel fucking like what that? Jesus Christ! All right, is. Why is that coming out? You know, people are almost going to forget that it was supposed to come out. Mm. I, I, I constantly keep on forgetting that it was supposed to come out. Literally, they, they were listed. They, you could book tickets for it on the Cineworld app. It was that close to coming out. I think we had tickets booked for it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, the thing is, the, the problem with A Quiet Place 2 is A Quiet Place made so much money that now they that they pumped a lot of money into a quiet place too, but it, I would still be ghostbusters if the budget of that movie is above fifty six million dollars. Mm. I mean, John Krasinski can go fuck himself. So <laughs> as a slight tangent, that shit about his some good news thing that he did at the start of lockdown, and then like did a few episodes of it, then stopped it, then sold the concept. Yeah. And he hasn't, I, you know, he hasn't said that he's giving the money for that to charity or anything like that. It was like, right, okay, well done, you profiteered from the fucking pandemic. Mm, yeah, that didn't land very well. Didn't know that, yeah. All right, fuck that guy, he's weird face. Um, weird face. Ian's just jealous though, because it's fucking Emily Blunt. I mean, I don't know, man. To be fair, my fantasy is Emily Blunt don't involve me being married to her. Like it, it's nah. <laughs> So to be fair, fair enough, because it still gives, you know, it gives me more of an erection knowing she's married. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair. Uh, yeah, but if there is quite a place too, it that it, like just just doesn't need to be delayed. That's it. I'd watch it right now. Will I watch it in a year? Yeah, probably. But but. But it wouldn't be my priority. No. Like, if it was but, up against something else. Yeah, if, if, if it came out the same week as something else. 
the chances are that something else would probably win out. Because mm. there's so much congestion. Yeah. There is yeah. going to be so much congestion when these things start coming out. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot a lot of the time. I do, With yeah. the mid-budget stuff, I think I think they're shooting themselves in the foot. I, d- it, I don't know. It's... You know, if Mulan had done well, Disney would have already said we're dropping uh, we're dropping Black Widow on Disney Plus. Oh yeah. You know they would have already made that decision, and they haven't because it hasn't done as well as they thought it was going to, and it spooked them. But it's the like phone was too high though. If they charged a reasonable amount to watch that, X amount to members, X plus amount to non-members, they would have made out quite well. But they they overcharged for it massively. I mean that that's the thing. It's the um like uh it's the perception, isn't it? If you said, right, if you don't subscribe to Disney Plus, you can have this for twenty five quid. If you subscribe to Disney Plus, you can have it for fifteen. Yeah. I I think that the over twenty pound mark was too much for people. For people that are already paying a membership, definitely, yeah. Yeah. So for that for that month to watch Mulan that you can watch by Christmas anyway. Yeah. And it and it, it's Mulan. It's not Frozen 2 yeah. or Black Widow. Yeah. It's not a fucking Marvel movie and it's not... It, it's, yeah. It, it, I was very much looking forward to Mulan. Mm. Um, mm. But in terms of for the people they're trying to get to go and watch it, it, it was it was always a bit of a punt into the wind anyway. Yeah. Mm. I think it would have been uh. a better experience seeing it on, on a big screen as well. It, 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 it fucking would have elevated that film so much if you'd seen that on a big screen. It was... Uh, anyway. Uh, what trailers have we got this week? Uh, there's a few. We have uh, Freaky. Fucking go on then. Yes, yep. please. I'll have it. Thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll, I'll happily go, go and watch that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I basically a Freaky Friday ripoff that is that they've had freely admitted by calling it Freaky, mm. um, but a Freaky Friday movie, a horror movie. Yeah, go on then. Um, same director in as Happy Death Day. Yeah. He's been talking this week about Happy Death Day three. Yeah, yeah, saying that it's it's still happening, isn't it? Watch the shit out of that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm up for Freaky. Um, do you know what? Um, I'll watch Hoobie Halloween. I will absolutely fucking I, I will. Do you know why I'll watch it? Because me and Ian have watched every other Adam Sandler Netflix movie. I'd be tempted to burn the house down while I watch that movie. Uh, yeah, I'd still be wavering you through the window. You want to die. No, I won't. I... Halloween. It looks fucking awful. Yeah, I'll no. bang up for it. Yeah, I, I will... I'll burn your house down too. I will laugh <laughs> easily enough in that movie. And I know I will. And I'll be sat there going, I should probably hate myself right now, but I just don't. I'll be stood outside here with Donna Lottie and Kiki just going, I'm sorry, Donna, I had to do it. And she'd be like, it's completely understandable. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was watching the film that I'll talk about later uh, um, the other night and Donna walked in. She was like, what's this? And I described the plot of it. And then she just fucking looked at me <laughs> and, and like barely made a noise and then just went, have fun. And just walked out. <laughs> Literally. I, I, I know that exact look. 
You live in that. I, <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> it's my oxygen. You're a delightful idiot, are you? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, Trial of the Chicago 7? Yeah. An Aaron Sorkin courtroom drama. Really good, this, to be fair. Yeah. Cast's really good as well. Cast is fantastic. Um, Eddie Redmayne doesn't look simpering in it. I, I think Eddie Redmayne doing an accent that isn't the one he does in Jupiter Ascending might make him a little bit less like you go, oh, just go away. Just fucking die. Yeah. Just sliver behind the corner. Mm. Yeah, I'm very up for this. I really liked... Um, shit, what was it? Last movie. So Molly's Game. Yeah, I really like Molly's Game. As a directorial piece, and, and he's a fantastic writer. He's always fun. It's going to be mm. snappy as hell that dialogue. Yeah, um, it looks really, really good. Yeah, if it if it lands, it like that thing could ride the next six months out to Oscar. Yeah, like if that if that thing fuck if that thing lands in the way it kind of feels like it's going to. I mean, it's even though it does weird me out that Paramount sold it. But I do wonder if there was a case of Paramount going, we've got a lot of shit backed up here. Let's let Netflix have this and we can bask in the reflected glory of any Oscar it gets. I think there was a little bit of that. I think from what I understand is Netflix basically went, right, what's your budget on it? And it did go a little bit over budget. And they went, right, we'll give you that plus whatever percentage. And they went, all right, fuck it, yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Netflix, man. Fucking October. Like, it, it just... I I know... I, I, we've said this many times, but I know people fucking decry Netflix for all sorts of reasons. But fucking hell, man. Like, they are coming out there with the content. And, you yeah. know, a, a lot of it is filler. But you've also got Christmas Chronicles 2 coming in November. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you got... Hubie Halloween, um, Trial of the Chicago 7, and Rebecca, week, week, week. And obviously this week you've got... Um, Devil All the Time. Devil All the Time. Yeah. I just want to actually. Is, is that today? It, it, it yeah, goes back today. Yeah. Um, yep, so uh, what else have we had trailer-wise? Uh, the Father, the... Uh, Anthony Hopkins might get an Oscar nomination, probably won't win it because he'll be a little bit too eccentric in the film. Is that line that haunted you? What? Which one? Is this, is this my apartment? Oh, <laughs> fucking hell, yeah. That's a great fucking line delivery. Have you seen the trailer of this, Ian? Not yet, no. There's a fucking line delivery where it, it's like a big build-up in, in the trailer. It's like the halfway point in the trailer uh, where you've got all of the, ooh, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? And then you get, uh, it, it says, it's a, do you know what you like? It's my apartment. This is my apartment, isn't it? And it's like, like fuck. Yeah. You look at it going, all right, yeah. It's a good line delivery. I will watch the shit out of Hopkins I, doing that. I like Anthony Hopkins. You don't. I you don't. You can't forgive him for Silence of the Lambs, can you? No, it's not Silence of the Lambs. What my issue with Hopkins is he spent an awful lot of time riding the wave of Silence of the Lambs. It's a good wave to ride. And that's fine, but... What happened with him was people uh, basically anointed him as being this amazing actor. It, it's, the, it's the 
same thing as you got with people like Rich D. Grant and people like that. And it's like... Uh, Rich D. Grant's a pretty fucking good actor. And it's like, right, are they that good, though? <laughs> or were they just good in something and then have been mediocre for 20 years? He's really good in that. What's that film that he's in with... Um... Spice World. That film that he's in with... Um... Oh, Jesus. Lucy McCarthy. Brian Gosling. Oh. Fracture. Fracture. Yes, oh, Anthony Fracture. Hopkins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Father. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Love and Monsters. The fuck's that? It's the title of a really bad Doctor Who episode. It's weird, isn't it? It's, it's actually the title of a really dodgy-looking movie. Yeah, it doesn't look great, does it? No, it doesn't look great. I can't even... I, I, we watched the trailer yesterday and can't even remember what it's about now. I think we watched it because that guy was in Maze Runner, wasn't he? Yeah, this is the movie I think that he... It's not, no. It, no it's not. It was the Maze Runner sequel that he got injured in. He annihilated his face. one back. Annihilated his face. <laughs> he did. I like him as a decent actor. He's very good in the first Maze Runner. It's just a very harsh way of describing his fucking injury. Very harsh. Uh, Becky made me watch a trailer for a a YouTube documentary called This Is Paris. The Paris Hilton you never knew. It's a a documentary by Paris Hilton about Paris Hilton that basically tries to convince you that Paris Hilton was like an alter ego character she's been playing all these years while still looking exactly like Paris Hilton she's not going to fucking get plastic surgery and change her face no but she could not dress exactly (laughs) like Paris Hilton if it's a character and it's an alter ego do you know what then break the fuck out of it or is this just hmm how can I explain the fact that I was a dick for 10 years? I just, I think it sounds quite interesting. So, fuck you. Um, oh, yeah, that one was Oh, the comeback trail. That looks really good. I am fucking so up for the yeah, comeback trail. Yeah. There's a trailer kicking around for Nomadland, isn't there? But I'm, yeah. I'm so bored of older actresses just doing film roles where they don't wear any makeup that I can't brought a movie and able to bring myself to watch well, it. Well, we're going to be yeah. watching next month, baby. Ian, have you watched the trailer for the comeback trail? Yes. Yeah, what did you think? Because I'm so up for it. I mean, I'm not surprised you're up for it in the slightest. I'll watch it. <laughs> you're not keen for this? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It looks all right. It looks all right. I, I, yeah, it's... um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, just I think of the grandpa next door and then I think of the camp comeback trail and... I, I don't know why, but I think both of them have got Zach Braff in, and they don't. Um, one of them's got Zach Braff in. Which one's got Zach, Zach Braff, Braff in? Zach Braff trail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, and, wait, uh, wait. He basically, he basically, they've made it look like him and De Niro are a father and son for some reason. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that is gonna, that is gonna get brought up in the movie. I've, I've no interest in watching that granddad one where he's like a badass granddad, but this actually looks really funny. Which one? Um. Is, is that not the grandpa next door? That De Niro's in? He's in a couple of grandpa ones. He's in grandpa, the grandpa, dirty grandpa, which yeah, was great. Which is shit. It's brilliant. It's fucking awful. It's fantastic. Uh, and War with Grandpa. Oh, God, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That was horrific. The hell? I'm looking forward to watching that one as well, too. All right, on your own. I don't care. I'll watch a lot of shit on my own. 
yeah. You said that as if it was like the coolest thing in the world when it's really not. <laughs> to, to me, it is. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, you know, I fucking don't throw stones in glass houses, you know, but I don't know, it just sounded funny. Um, right, let's do some reviews. Yes. Let's do some reviews. Let's start with the film that everyone wants to hear us talk about. Sally Potter's The Road's Not Taken, starring um, Javier Bardem, Elle Fanning, Salma Hayek, Laura Linney, and others. Spoiler alert, folks. I don't think we're going to be talking about this one for very long. So, it's uh, it stars Javier Bardem, and yet, until I literally opened up the Cineworld app to see what was playing this week and saw... Sally Potter's directed a film with Javier Bardem where he stars as a guy suffering from dementia. What? Um, so, Javier Bardem, his daughter, Elle Fanning, she's trying to take him out to do things through the day. He's kind of succumbing to his dementia and remembering things that he had done in his earlier life. The road's not taken, if you will. Um, and uh, Elle Fanning kind of realises through the course of the film that unfortunately it seems like her dad is kind of gone um and she tries to revive bits of him through chatting to him bex the road's not taken now to be clear i said to you uh, i said to mark actually i think i said in the chat with both of you guys you don't need to see the road's not taken and yet you went to see it anyway so tell me was i wrong i actually really really Love the road's not taken. Oh, really fucking good for it. you. All right. Yeah, I think dementia films are a bit of a they're, they're a bit of a kind of pressure point for me. Like it really scares me. I think I think this is the the notebook notebook is to blame for this. I, I, I made you watch the notebook. You I? made me watch the notebook, and obviously. I, I, I'm, I'm the one guy on the planet who had to convince his girlfriend to watch The Notebook. Um, but yeah, obviously, just getting a little bit off topic for a second, The Notebook is a film about a couple that have been together for all their lives and then one of them gets dementia and forgets the other one and then briefly remembers and they both die together. Like, And as someone who has been with their partner since being 16 years old, the thought of getting to the end of my life and then completely forgetting you or vice versa fills me with absolute you, fucking you blood cold terror. Do you know the first thing when I get dementia and I get my little dementia notebook that you have to write all the bits in, you do realise the first thing that I'll write in it was, remember you have dementia, fuck with Becky all you can. Yeah. <laughs> You're a dickhead, you do that anyway. Have you got dementia, Mark? <laughs> yeah, literally, you'd come and be like, who are you again? You'd be like, Oh, I don't know if he's fucking with me or not. <laughs> but Bex, we don't exist. We're entirely in his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um. So yeah. So so dementia films, I I generally find really quite sad and depressing. But I, I think just the way this one was framed, like it it feels a bit more kind of a lot of movies about dementia it's like oh this person did this silly thing and then we all laughed and ultimately we all, we all loved each other and it was all very joyous this is kind of it's it's not like that it's more kind of you know Miserable. dealing 
Yeah, but real. Yeah, but I, 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 I mean, as a negative. Like dealing with her dad ends up losing her a really good job, and then she has to make a decision about whether she wants to continue being there all the time or or walk away, and that's ultimately the the decision that is the last shot of the movie with her sat on the bed watching herself walk away. Yeah. And you know the the, the fact which that, I thought was bold that uh, that Sally Potter decided to set up a sequel within her own movie. Like I mean, that. I don't think that's what it was, but it was. It was very much a look. Not it's not just yeah. people in this situation that have a role to not take, and everyone does. And the fact that because obviously his his mind's a bit shattered, he he's living his role to not taken a bit more than everyone else does. Instead of just thinking about it in his mind, gosh, what would have happened if he's actually living those lives in his head? I just, I just thought it was really well done and really quite sensitively handled. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Okay, all right, Mark, what do you think? Um, I, I, I actually, yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, in a, For a movie as bleak as it is, and about, yeah, it's quite enjoyable, isn't it? It, yeah. it, it, it is, in a way of, it, it's a, it basically, it's a day in the life story, and I always quite like day in the life stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always um, do spend, and I said this to you, of X, the first sort of five or ten minutes of any Javier Bardem movie, trying to work out if he's really fucking handsome or if he's really not fucking handsome. Just... And and I am I am still of the opinion that Javier Bardem is one of the one of the weird people in the world. He's shruddy that... as Bardem. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's shruddy as Bardem. He's both really fucking handsome and really not a good looking man at exactly the same time. It just doesn't make sense. It and, must be good looking though, because he's banging Penelope. Well, and I said to you, literally said, again, didn't I? Go watch the movie. There is no. If you were to look at Penelope Cruz and listen to Penelope Cruz talking like that, and then you were to say, "What does Penelope Cruz's husband look like?" It would be Javier Bardem. They are, they, are, they are a perfect couple together, and I bet they have wonderful, beautiful children. Uh, but yeah, I. All you have to remember when you're having that conversation with yourself about Javier Bardem is just just fire in your brain a shot of him in, is it No Country, where he's got that awful yeah, hair. But, but then he has that conversation with the old man in the, what is it, uh, in the... Um, kind of the petrol station. Petrol station, yeah. And, and you watch it going, all right, this guy's kind of fucking captivating. I can see how it works. The hair works now. The hair doesn't work in any scenario. It does a little bit. It no. starts to work. No. It's like a bad sweater. Eventually, it becomes a good sweater. No. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed its kind of like its floatiness. The fact that it just kind of floats through, and there's no, there's very few kind of moments of levity with it. It mm. is just it, even all of the bits of Elle Fanning trying to just fucking get through it. She's such a good daughter in um, And trying to kind of like... And Laura Linney's such a twat. But I kind of like that. Yeah, you did like that. Yeah, <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, you watched it going, fuck that, I, I want more of Laura Linney. I just, I just, just undivorce her and go back to her. Just Laura Linney just fucking chewing him out about <laughs> stuff. You're a dickhead and you're only doing this to make you feel guilty. Yeah. I've genuinely got dementia. Fuck you. <laughs> that act. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I like to... It is helped by the fact that it's 85 minutes long. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, it's... It flies, though. That 85 minutes absolutely it flies. Does, of all of the bits, though, um, the main story works. Um, the... Mexico. The Mexico one didn't quite work for me. I don't 
didn't quite work for me. Well, it, it did feel a little bit like, why does everybody in Hollywood, or even say what is not Hollywood as the same, but why does every Westerner think that that's what Mexico has to look like all of the time? Well, that's what he's uh, it all like has to be. Time. It all has to be sandy coloured. That's the grading of it. Sandy coloured. But like we're saying, weren't we? Like if you were going to imagine what the roads not taken would end up, yeah. would you imagine yourself growing old with Salma Hayek? Fine, fine. And then having your son die? Probably not. Or dying freezing to death on a boat? Like it's not even like try to have a conversation with you... girls that that remind you of your daughter. Yeah. But it's not, it's not even like in his brain he can come up with a happy ending no. for himself. He, he, he's, because his actual happy ending is being with Molly and then he remembers her name and she cries and it's all very thick, the whole thing. Ian, what did you think? I'm glad you guys liked it as much as you did. Um, I just... I've, I, I just... I, I thought even at 85 minutes it, it kind of stretched things, um, in all honesty. I think the Greece section was poor. Um, and the, the Mexico section, I don't know. Just, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you mean, Mark, about the way that it, it's depicted. It does feel very just derivative of what you've seen before. Um, and, I mean, Elle Fanning's character kind of only comes into her own at the end there. But I thought, like, the, the uh, like, people dealing with his dementia aspect and how hard that was. I thought that stuff was quite compelling. Like the, the bit with the optometrist where like, he's trying to get him to rest his head on the, on the thing. And then like the optometrist kind of mutters something under, under his breath at some point, like, oh, for God's sake, or something like that, you know, it's like that whole, yeah, that, that kind of like social realism of, uh, of, you know, not wanting to, like just go what the fuck is wrong with you but at the same you know but try trying to contain that i thought i thought that was um that was interesting even though to be fair i think l fanning could have made it maybe made it a lot easier on herself if she said my father suffers from dementia i'm really sorry this is hard like i i appreciate this is hard work um you know but yeah i it's i i don't know it was I, maybe I wasn't quite in the in the right headspace for the film. I don't I I I, I don't know, but it just felt a bit Javier Bardem trying to impress by being a guy with dementia. It didn't it didn't feel he didn't feel authentic to me. Um, but I, I like I, I will admit that I think the weakest performance in the entire movie is Javier Bardem, and I usually like Javier Bardem once I can work out if he's handsome or not. Um, but I do think he was. I, I thought Elle Fanning was was very good in the fact. Oh, yeah, that no, she was. Sorry. The, 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 as the movie goes on, she's getting more and more just bogged down with it, and more and more drawn looking, even though it's just a day. Yeah. And it was just like even like when she gets that phone call towards the start, and it's just like, look, I'll be in the office by mid uh, by lunchtime. I've got a few things to do. It was like, right, I know where this is going. She's going to get phone calls through the day when she's getting delayed and whatnot. Then she's going to be let go. Like I, I knew straight away that's where that's going. And I get why they did that. But it, I don't know. It just it felt uninspired. There, there, there's a great deal of this film that did just feel uninspired to me. But 
Uh, yeah, I, if it was a day in the life as opposed to going into his head like that, I I don't know. I think I would have got more out of it, to be fair. But I, I, like I said, I'm glad you guys like him. It, it, it's not a bad film. I just, I, I don't know. It kind of feels like it was one of those ones that it's like being released towards the end of the year and they're hoping to get some awards kind of like traction for it. And then you watch that film and it's like, why? It, it, it does feel like one of those movies that... Um that the guardian will go oh this could be a bit of an awards teaser and it's just not gonna be yeah yeah it's exa- it, exactly it, that it will end up on a few people's um best of list but it's people who don't want to admit that they really fucking enjoyed spencer confidential Ugh, nobody enjoyed spencer confidential apart from you mark <laughs> mark what... enjoyed it for everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I I will be the one person that when it when, it, when the first Earth Adventure Confidential two comes out I'll be like yes, um, and which everyone everyone on Twitter will be saying who do they make these movies for and I'll just be sat there going this dickhead. <laughs> you are a dickhead so. But I I liked an art house movie. You did well done. <laughs> See now I'm worried that you're faking it. No. Just to kind of get your art house cred back. No. Well, after that um, slam he had on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. So I did enjoy that. It. Is there a whole conversation going on about me that I don't know about? Yes, Mark. Yes, there is. So uh, Craig Dawson, I believe, with that uh, that that fucking zinger on Twitter, which I uh, it was a good one actually. I, I was like, I literally read it and went, went hey. That's wildly accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's um just to give some context for people who don't know, um we tweeted out about LFF and then uh Craig just tweeted back saying, Well, it's just gonna be Mark shitting on art house films, isn't it? It's like um yeah, it's it's that Nathan Fillion get uh gif or meme of um Yeah him like looking to say something and just being unable to it's it's that um i'm quite looking forward to your like you watching some of these mark i've got to say <laughs> it could, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a journey we're all gonna go on <laughs> and some of us will wish to have not gone on that journey afterwards i'm i'm i'm, I'm looking i'm looking forward to being called a dinosaur for not loving portrait of a winslet on ronan <laughs> I'm already like not liking that. I've watched that film already, but better. Because it had hot French chicks in it. Well, yeah. Let's be honest, it is better because it had hot French chicks in it. It is better because it had hot French chicks in it. I have no interest in watching a love scene between an anorexic Irish girl and an old lady. <laughs> That's really. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that it was the girl that said that. <laughs> wow. Sorry, that took a couple of seconds to land. Um, Sasha Ronan's not anorexic. Oh, she's I mean, so skinny. Girl needs uh, to eat a pie or a sandwich or something. Deary me. Um, right. Yeah, mildly, like mildly, definitely not shit for me. Well, I'm definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Definitely yeah. shit. Um, I'm glad we watched it. I'm really glad we watched it actually. Yeah, because we were with with the whole foot incident. We were kind of will we be able to? Will we not? Kind of thing, weren't we? And I'm really glad we actually. 
Yeah, I, I, I get on with Sally Potter movies a, a lot anyway. So. I haven't watched any of them. I've got on with, I've not watched all of them, but I've got on with what I've watched. Fair I think she's quite a, I don't know, she's just, she's got a definite style about her mm. um, that, she, that she's got that's there. But her movies do seem to have just a very much a pace of their own. She's never going to, she's never trying to build tension or anything like that. She's just going, this is the story I'm going to tell you. Hmm. Which I kind of dig. Yeah, slice of life kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. Did you do the poll? Good, good. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, the poll result was uh, touching cloth 100%. It was. One vote. Oh, you want me to refresh? Yeah. Oh, I've got. <laughs> Refreshing the pain in the ass of this thing. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, it's still saying touching cloth 100%. Oh. Okay. Mulberry Boys, every Friday night On the show, you better know They keep it tight ETL is back and the J-Strom's in the zone Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone PCZ is about to hold court You know he's on the headset You can hear him snort Pop culture movies, TV shows and games Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays Foggy don't play around He will bust a drop fast Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast The Jason and Steven Show it's the Jason and Steven Show. What? what? The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. Do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with brewers, behind the scenes, access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's Untapped podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. Um, let's move on to... The Babysitter Killer Queen. Directed by Mukchee and starring a bunch of people whose names I don't have because I don't have IMDb open. It's uh, Judah Lewis, um, Emily and Lind, uh, who else got Robbie and Mel, Leslie Bibb, Bella Thorne, uh, Samara Weaving. Um, and Ken Marino. Ken Marino, yeah. Uh, and other people. So, Chris thank Wild. you, Mark. The Babysitter Killer Queen is set two years after The Babysitter. The lead kid from The Babysitter now looks old enough to fuck. Um, <laughs> and, um, that, that kid does not fuck. But he does look, he, 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 he is quite a handsome man, though. He's fine. He's, He's a, a bit look. fucking wet, doesn't he? He wears that fucking suit thing to the beach. He's supposed to be. The corduroy thing, yeah. yeah. Um, so, the events of the first one 
people didn't believe him. He's basically been bullied at school for a couple of years. Um, but the girl from the first one is still his friend. Tries to get him to kind of come out of his shell a little bit. Uh, go to a beach house. Uh, but Or like go to a, like a beach uh, cruise thing or something. And uh, wouldn't you know it, a bunch of the folks from the first one are back, back, back to try and get revenge. Um, so we were fans of the babysitter, um, the first one uh, on the show when we reviewed it a couple of years back. And yep. I know Mark in particular was really looking forward to this. So Mark, let's lead with you. What do you think of the babysitter killer queen? Well, the thing is with this, it, it, it could have been an absolute disaster because it could have been a bit, um, you know, lightning in a bottle uh, with the first one. Because let's be honest, a G horror movie um that's on netflix it didn't exactly inspire you to go oh that'll be great everyone was kind of like holy shit this is quite good and it was kind of a surprise for everybody um so you see you're thinking oh is it going to be a little bit too much i like the fact that it's that it's quite mad um in that sense um i also like the fact that they don't try and they don't try to explain too much. They just go, look, just go along with the ride and have a fucking laugh. We're going to bring back the same characters uh, and we're going to have them do exact, basically the same stuff. Yeah. But you enjoyed it last time. Why won't you enjoy it again? Um, I like the fact that it, it, it's, they've broadened it out a little bit in terms of the whole first one is basically all set in the house. Mm. Uh, and the surrounding area. This one they've kind of made it a little bit broader yeah. and done a little bit more with it. That's good, but it's it's a scattergun approach with jokes. It, it, it's throw as many out there as you fucking can. I love the fact that um, the shirtless guy comes back from hell shirtless. Shirtless. Yeah. I, I mean, you've got some great moments with shirtless guy, like the moment where he is um, where he, he he's working at that uh, fast food place. And he's just got the, the his badge just on his chest. There, <laughs> it, it is 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 brilliant. And yeah. some of the some of the best gags in it are either mildly off screen or just visual gags. Mm. You know, his entire character arc of the fact that he just fucking really likes Cole and really likes it when he stands up for himself, even if it ends up killing him. That's so supportive. <laughs> yeah. The fact that at the end when it's all going wrong, he's the, the, the guy's dying. He's like, "I'm proud of you. Well done, man. <laughs> I'm glad this how it ends." But I will say, the funniest moment of the entire movie for me, um, and I had to rewind it for you, didn't I? Because you, you 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 missed it the first time and then got it the second time. Was you know the bit where um, you've got um, Ken Marino and um, Leslie Bibb? Uh, at um, Juan's door and they're talking to him trying to um, sort of find out if uh, Cole is with Melanie. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit where they are even focusing on Chris Wilde um, and she she says, Juan, do you know if, what is it? And then just out of nowhere, he repeats his own name but in a slightly different way. It's so she, Juan. So he just goes, Juan, <laughs> off screen. And it fucking slayed me. I couldn't stop laughing. This is this is from a man who anyone says a word that starts with W, you're like, I believe it's pronounced wild. It's not Mark, it's only if it's got a H in it that you can do that. I believe it's pronounced wood. No, no it's not how it works. 
Oh, oh dear. Well, brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I like the fact that it takes a big fucking twist early on in the fucking movie that makes you go, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't see the trailer for this because I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. Did There wasn't anything about that in the trailer, no? No. F- fuck it. Fair play. Fair no, that, play. That doesn't... That, that was a complete fucking... What?
just a very, very fun time with this. It's during all this lockdown stuff, I'm finding myself watching a lot more lighthearted stuff. Yeah. And I think at, like it's almost like I was way more into this at this point now than I probably would have been if the world was normal. And I was way less into the roads not taken now than I would have been if the world was not normal. <laughs> was normal even. You know, it's um, I, th- I, th- I think that's just kind of um, just how it is at the moment. So, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I thought I thought it was cracking. Um, fair play, McGee. You know, top of the world wasn't awful babysitter was a lot of fun so yeah he's 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 doing all right yeah i i, I like room in the world it, it, it was it, it 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 was easily fun enough to have, have kept my attention while it was on sure yeah yeah um, but the babysitter yeah it, it, when it finished i was very much like do you know what i will happily watch a third of those oh god yeah you know and even if it's just doing the same thing again, but in a different location, <laughs> I, I'd be fine with, with that. You're saying, like, basically the hangover trilogy, but with a babysitter? It, it is a little bit like that, yeah. But then if, again, again, if it goes the route of the hangover three, it could be um, it could be fucking amazing. Because hangover <laughs> three, literally, fucking what Tom Phillips did there was made an action fucking movie <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, quite. And you know, if it's a couple of years time, he's in college now. He's got a bunch of kind of like college roommates with him or something like that. I mean, I, I definitely think they need to give almost like give him a bit of a gang as well. I think that could be fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, good. And it was good to see Samara weaving there as well. You know, I, I you know, yeah, there were those odd like little flashes of her kind of through it, and it was like. That's interesting that they got her in for these quick, like, five-second bits. We wondered, didn't we, of, I wondered to you, is it stuff they shot for the first one yeah. that they didn't use? They yeah, posited what is that, and I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm sure she's going to turn up in this. Yeah, yeah and uh, I, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in, um, in, in the third one now. It's like, does she come back and now she's entirely evil or something like that? But maybe not. I mean, it kind of feels like Samara Weaving's probably... I mean, it's cool that she was in this. She probably didn't have to be, but it, it kind of feels like maybe she's starting to go to a place now where she doesn't necessarily need to be in these films. Um, it, it but then again, maybe she just it, wants to. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if if if, she, if they went. Do you know what? We'll, we'll write a bit for you, and if you can if you can spare like a day, she has like a literally is just there quickly the the, the rumor is that gia's positive that it might be set in hell the next one. <laughs> oh, that'd be great uh where he get he gets transported to their place um he's we, we, we had the idea of maybe flipping it on its head Ooh. so it, it was kind of intimating that the idea might be he gets pulled down to hell um to round them up and get them out of hell. Okay. So he's hunting them. Oh, that'd be fun. It'd be great if Bella Thorne just wasn't in it though, because she's problematic, aren't she? Why? Well, it depends. Oh, is she the OnlyFans one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she, in the sense that she that she that, that she loads of people's lives. She she kind of broke OnlyFans yeah. for a lot of people for a lot of sex workers. Um and yeah. That's kind of not cool. Mm. 
mm. in that sense. Which all fans is actually a brilliant um is a brilliant idea and is a is a brilliant industry platform. Yeah. For, for what it for what it does. Um that is there. Safe way for people to do it it, 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 it protects content. Mm. Yeah. Um so that, that these people aren't being um that their work isn't being pirated essentially and then that pirating being celebrated in a very different way to movies being pirated. Mm. You know, it's yeah, so what? My search is fantastic on Google. So yeah, so but but she's very fun in this movie. She is. Yeah. Yep. She is fine. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, like if you are up for this, a very, very definitely not shit. Oh yeah, if, if you liked the first, I'd be surprised if you don't really like the second, this sequel. Yeah. But if you didn't like the first, or you don't like this type of movie, just don't watch just it. Don't watch it. Mm. Watch yeah. something else. You want me there? Yeah. Uh, definitely not a shit for you, Bex? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Cracking. Uh, audience poll, definitely not shit, 100%. Boom. Yeah, dig in this. Um, oh, breaking news. Uh, in the US, Universal has moved up the release of the new Crudes film, was opening Christmas this year, now opening November 25th. So, Crudes. The Crudes, the Nicolas Cage, Emma Stone voiced one from like the mm. early teens, has a, has a sequel. And even though everything is getting delayed, that fuck is coming out in November. That- oh, good. Yay. That film's like seven years old. No one's asking for a sequel. But listen to this voice cast though. Nick Cage, Emma Stone, Ryan Reynolds, Catherine Keener, Clark Duke, Leslie Mann and uh, Peter Dinklage. They're all back in the new one? Yeah. Wow. Kelly Marie Tran. Wow. Music by Alan Silvestri. Yeah, why not? Fucking hell. Um, That's... This is fucking so. Apparently, it's it indicates the studio's studio's confidence that Disney will move Pixar's soul. Uh, so this is now going to go up against No Time to Die for Thanksgiving at the U.S. box office. Um, the thinking is they've got that deal in the U.S. with AMC where it plays an AMC for t- like two weeks, then it can go on VOD. So it can play in cinemas for a couple of weeks and then be on VOD for Christmas. Fair enough. Can't really disagree with that, can you really? It's not a bad it's not a bad fucking idea, that. Fair play. That is not a bad idea. Um So I mean I mean it just like talking about this stuff again as well. It's fascinating that Warner Brothers have said, yeah, Dune's still gonna come out on the twenty eighth of December, Wonder Woman the week after. Like what? But it, it's a fair enough one. Fair enough. I just yeah. Um, an escape room two is still scheduled for December thirtieth in the US. Fucking, if I can watch Escape Room two in a cinema on New Year's Day in the UK, that would be fucking incredible. That first one's fun. We still watch Scary Movie. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. Oh, you Which one? There's two. You watched the wrong one, Becky. Oh, it was a good one I watched. I think you watched the wrong one. What? Which one are we talking about? 
so there's the escape room that was on Netflix, and there was one that came out in the cinema last year. Uh, okay, with Taylor Russell, Logan Miller, etc. Tyler Levine. Yes. That I haven't seen that one. You watched the wrong one, didn't you? It's good. Really good the right. wrong one that I watched was good. I didn't try and watch it. Yeah, all right. Okay. But no, that recommended to me. That's good. And also, coming to America is still supposed to be coming out at Christmas. Nice. <laughs> I mean. Let's see what happens. I 100% see Paramount selling that to Netflix and that being on Netflix at Christmas because Red Notice was supposed to be on Netflix at Christmas. That I don't think that'll be happening because they only resumed filming last week. Yeah. So, um, hey, by coming to America, stick that on on Netflix for Christmas. That'd be brilliant. Um, I'm anyway. not looking forward to films anymore. If once they drop and I can book them on Cine World, that's this... what I look forward to. That's the to be fair, Bex. That's the way to go. That's I think that's the thing that I I've just accepted now. It's like net and also in the summer Netflix didn't have an awful lot that was interesting. Now Netflix has got stuff that's interesting pretty much every week. So you know if it you know and next week it's Anola Holmes. I'll watch that. I will. Yeah, you will because we're going to the podcast. So okay. I'll watch something else. Stop being a grump. It looks awful. Stop being a grump. Yep. I'm pissed off. Stop being a grump. Let's do what we've been watching. <laughs> you've been a grump, that is. What have you been watching, Becky? Um, I've only watched two on my own. Um, I watched, I rewatched A Simple Favour. Um, yeah, do you know what? I, I really liked it when I first watched it, and I think I liked it more on a rewatch. Um, it, it's just. It's a very good-looking film, which makes it easier to kind of enjoy. The, the storyline's kind of dumb, but it, it it's clever enough if you don't pick it apart. As soon as you put any thought into the storyline, it, it, it it's not great. But Anna Kendrick's great in it. Uh, Blake Lively's great in it. It's 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 just kind of cool. And then obviously Blake Lively gets hit by a car again, so there's that. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it on a rewatch. And the other one that I watched on my own was um, the the French film Cuties. Oh yeah. Which. The BB controversial French film Cuties. Yeah. Which its French title Les Mignons sounds less creepy than Cuties. But obviously it's a direct translation. But yeah, I mean obviously there was a lot going about about this one, and I like to be able to have a informed opinion on these things and there was a lot of stuff about it being creepy and then there was all the controversy about the poster that Netflix chose to use to advertise it and and stuff like that so I thought you know what fuck it it's on there I'm just gonna watch it and see what my, my own thoughts are um <sighs> it's an uncomfortable watch but it's meant to be an uncomfortable watch it's 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 claiming to be a commentary on um children's misconstrued kind of desire to be what they see and what they see is very sexual um so they're watching youtube videos of dancers and stuff on instagram of, of dancers and then when they dance TikTok. They, and tiktok 
Um, and then they do these dances that are completely age inappropriate. Um, and I think there's, there's, there's two kind of things that I would say about it. One is when the girls are on their own and they're learning these dance moves, it's all very kind of, oh, this is a bit weird, this is a bit gross. As soon as they perform it in front of other people that happen to include adults, there's within the audience that it shows, there's a couple of guys looking a bit pervy and enjoying it. But most of the people that are watching it are very much like, what is going on? This is gross. Um, so there's there's that element to it that in their heads they feel like they have to be this thing that they see in the bubble that is social media but out in the real world it, it mm. doesn't fly but then on the flip side of that for a film that's trying to get across that message when they're filming the girls there's an awful lot of close-ups and camera angles that you like if that's the message you're trying to get across, maybe don't do a close-up of this supposedly 11-year-old girl's crotch or ass or twerking or whatever. It's like it, it, you're doing the exploiting here. Like you're doing what you're criticising other people for doing. Yeah. Um. So it's, You're enjoying this a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. And like I think there's... Throughout most of the film, it's like, oh, well, these are the ways the girls would film themselves. And, you know, this is the girls filming themselves and that's what they're focusing on. But there's a bit where they, they set up like a static camera and they're all performing on this like um, like a walkway that goes over a railway line. So they're performing on the steps that go up to that. And that camera, that static camera they've set, off in, set up isn't moving, but the thing you're watching, it is. And it's very much focusing on certain things. And it's, to an extent, I can see why people have an objection to it from that point of view. Not to an extent, I can see why people have an objection to it from that point of view. Is it illegal? Sorry, it's quite interesting. I mean, it's it's about um, a Senegalese Muslim girl who has a very kind of sheltered life. And then a home situation is a bit weird. And she eventually finds out that her mum's being a bit weird because her dad's taken a second wife and he's about to bring her home. So her home life is all very, really kind of fucked up and she finds kind of a place to be herself with this dance troupe. But because she's tried so hard to learn how to dance to get into this dance troupe, she's actually kind of studied more on online what moves to use to get more views and things like that. And she's the one that then introduces these kind of sexy dance moves into the mix. So, but yeah, it's it's good. I, it, as a kind of study of the pressures on kids to be something they're not, it's quite interesting. But I just find the camera work a little bit exploitative at points, considering the age these girls are supposed to be. Whether they are or they aren't, they're supposed to be 11 years old. Fair play. Ian should not watch it. You won't like it, Ian. No, I'm I'm very much trusting you on that. You said that to me on WhatsApp the other day, and uh, 100%, I won't be watching it. That's fair. Um, anything else, Bex? No, that's it for me on my own. Right, my on my own. Uh, I watched <laughs> one movie. I watched Fletch. Of course you did. Um, because I love Fletch. You do love Fletch. I mean, I have the Fletch soundtrack on vinyl, don't I? You do. Yep. Yeah, that's how much I love Fletch. 
it's a fucking great soundtrack as well, is what I will say there. Yeah. Fletch um, is it, it is easily in my top 25 movies of all time. <laughs> um, I have seen it multiple times, and each time I still laugh at almost all of it. Because it's really, really fucking funny. I stand by what I said earlier. I think you like Fletch more than Chevy Chase likes Fletch. That's fine. I am I, I am I am cool with that. But there are just moments where it is it's it's Chevy Chase at absolute peak performance, Chevy Chase. And I don't think I think there are very few comedians who are funnier at their absolute peak than Chevy Chase. You can maybe throw someone like Eddie Murphy, for instance, in yeah. there. Uh Jack Lemon, I think you could throw in there. Um But there are very few that can do it that well. And there are moments where he just walks in a room and just starts saying stuff that is just not clearly not in the script and he's just making shit up. And you could almost see other actors having a rush off camera because they're probably just laughing at it as well. <laughs> and it's it, it, it's it's quite fantastic. And I, I, I always really, really enjoy my time with it. Yeah. So that's that yeah, that's the only one that I've watched on my own. And it's actually got a really good story as well running through it mm. it's not just zany it, it's got an actual good story uh running through it that actually makes kind of sense and it is interesting and has intrigue in it and the fact that it's done like a, a comedic noir is brilliant okay. without being over stylized yeah whenever someone tries to do a comedic noir they try to over stylize it to to compensate for that and sometimes it works like for instance Hudson proxy it works other times it doesn't work like let's say uh, Happy Time Murders which we really liked mm. but let's be honest the wider world didn't no, no. Um, it did not work as such it did not work as such but it's still I'm remembering bits of it and it's very fucking funny yeah. you know you know bag of shit yourself <laughs> um, I've rewatched that it's brilliant yeah um yeah, I really enjoy Fletch. Ian, what have you been watching? Because one of our what you've been watching ties quite nicely into our next main review. Very good. The one other thing I watched this week is I've been playing a lot of Tony Hawk and Fall Guys. I fucking love Fall Guys. I I I I've tried with Fall Guys. Um, I, I got I got four along and was so fucking happy. <laughs> you got to round four, yeah? Yeah. I only, I literally got to round four for the first time yesterday, and yeah, I was also very happy. I got to round four, and I was really fucking happy about getting to round four. So hang on a second, Ian. So you've been playing this a lot and just getting like eliminated. Oh yeah, man, I get fucked. I don't see the pleasure in this game at all. I watched Mark play it the other day, and he was like, "Do you want to have a go?" And I was like, "No." Oh, but it's so fun though. It's it, it's one of those. It is an awful lot of fun. My only mild criticism I've got for it is you spend more time waiting for the game to start than you do playing the game. No, I mean that that's fair. But I I don't know. It's colourful. Yeah. It's bouncy. The noises they all make that. <laughs> I love it. It, it is. I, I will admit it is a lot of fun. I I. I've not deleted it uh, because I know that I, I will play it a little bit more. Uh, 
I mean, between that and Tony Hawk, like, yeah. The thing is, a slight tangent, because I've only got one thing to talk about and what we watched. I'm finding myself a little bit adverse to kind of play, like getting into anything again. Because it's like, I do, I do want to try The Last of Us Part 2 again. But I'm waiting to see whether they say with PlayStation 5, look, get a PlayStation 5, you'll get upgraded versions of all these games for free or something like that. You know, yeah. like, it, you know, so it's like with the the Xbox X, uh, Series X and whatnot, it's like these games will be that much more and more advanced and whatnot. It's like if they're just going to do a Last of Us 2 remastered like next year or something, fuck it. I'll just play The Last of Us 2 now and I'll get into it. I, I will. Um, but so at the moment, I'm just playing stuff that's like is perfectly fine to play on a PlayStation 4. I mean, let's be honest, the PlayStation 4 is still a pretty fucking good piece of kit. Yeah, it is. But it's like The Last of Us 2 looks amazing. It does. It looks fucking amazing. But it will look even more amazing on a PlayStation 5. Yeah. The thing is, I'm enjoying Tony Hawk at the moment because I can pick it up. I can put it on. I can smash a load of buttons and ride around. And that's it. I, I can kill 40 minutes doing that. I, I'm not good at story-based games, whereas I'm I'm great at pick it up for an hour, put it down for an hour games. That's that's it. It's like if I want to do a story-based game, it's one that say hi, geeks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that your background is still <laughs> still unhinged, Russell Crowe. Right down now, it is indeed. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, it, it's like, I, I don't know. I like the games that I want, like the games I really want to get into at the moment are just the big, like really expansive, nice looking ones. And they'll look nicer on a PlayStation five. I don't know but, how much nicer I want them to look though. I think you, you, you get, you get a game that looks better than like something like last of us two looks. You're entering like uncanny Valley shit. But I think we've had this thing for, for years. I remember 20-odd years ago going into a Virgin Megastar and they had um, the first Pro Evolution Soccer. Mm. Um, and I remember looking at it and saying to my mate at the time, saying, fucking hell, they will never get a football game to look more realistic than this. Mm. And now if I look back, when you look back at that, it looks like shit. Well, the jump between... Because obviously Last of Us came out on the PS3, didn't it? initially mm. um, and then got a remastered version when the ps4 came out and the jump on that was crazy to be fair I mean, I, I, and, and that's one of the things there we'll start talking about films in a minute sorry folks one of the things there is the fact that playstation 3 it was 30 frames per second playstation 4 it was 60 frames per second the playstation 4 last of us 2 is back down to 30 frames per second you get me last of us 2 looking a little bit nicer maybe true 4k and in 60 frames a second, I'm I'm down. I will play that. It's the same with Death Stranding. I've had a digital copy of Death Stranding I bought in a PlayStation sale for fucking ages. I played the first four hours and said, nah, I'm not sure about that. Thanks very much. But now that like essentially it does kind of look like we're going to be in some form of lockdown for like the next six months or so. It's like, fine. Do you know what? I'll take Hideo Kojima's mental 40-hour existential journey through our feelings. Why why not? But I want to do it in the ni- in the nicest looking possible way. So we'll see what happens tonight. 
if they don't announce anything about um, free upgrades and shit, then I'll start playing these games. And it's going to be brilliant. But I get what you're saying, Mark, about like you just want games you can like dip into and whatnot. I, I don't know. It's that whole like people were talking about in um in in like the first lockdown about like wanting to get lost in worlds and stuff like that you know and uh, it's i can i at this point i can kind of see that now that it kind of feels like the light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train i i <laughs> feel like you know yeah all right then i kind of want to do that you know i want to i like get lost in another world or if i'm in this fucking world just watch a bunch of stupid shit which brings me to that's my boy directed by sean anders which was <laughs> one other film i watched um this week um i like that's my boy i'd seen it before it was on netflix i thought fuck it i'm gonna watch this again the thing is the thing about this film it didn't do very well and it basically presaged um adam sandler signing his netflix deal it is not a film that would be made now and this film was yep. made eight years ago yeah no fucking way. So as I uh, oh, mentioned God. earlier on, when I told Donna that the plot of this was Adam Sandler plays a guy who in his teens fucked his teacher, had a kid, that kid's Adam uh, Andy Sandberg, and now he's trying to get back to in Andy Sandberg's good graces so he can pay off a tax bill. You say that, and it sounds like the worst film in Christendom. It It, it sounds fucking awful. But there is stuff in this film... That makes me laugh in a kind of haunted house kind of way. Um, the the thing that I shared in the boy chat the other night of the stripper upside down trying to eat a breakfast and drinking orange juice and then it all falling out of her mouth and over her face. There's something of <laughs> something about that is making me laugh just fucking him like thinking of it. Um, I, but I I I thought I I think that the sandler sandberg relationship is fun um you know it, it's it's this freewheeling spirit of people just having a laugh and not giving a fuck which i miss you know it, it's a film that has no uh, care for shit going on in the world and just wants to have fun with itself and i appreciate that you know, it's like coming to America last week. That film's just fun. I'm just watching films that are fun at the moment. So I'm very much looking forward to covering LFF. But at the same time, I've got to make sure I'm in the right headspace for those films. Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, I'm sure it's going to be good. But am I going to fucking need to have a couple of drinks just to get through it? That's the question. That's that's my boy. Let's go back to you guys. Uh, for some films, one of which will lead into our last review of the evening. So we watched randomly on Sunday afternoon, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched Draft Day, didn't we? Mm. Yes. We nice. Um, which I'd seen before, and you hadn't, had you back? No. American football and their whole drafting recruitment system confuses the fuck out of me anyway. Yeah, it, fair enough. But the film is... The thing is, it's... And it's nowhere near as good as as this, but I'm going to use it as an example. The film, like something like The Social Network, is way more entertaining than it has any right to be with it being about the subject it's about. I would say more like Moneyball. Yeah, it's a similar sort of theory. And it, it, it is playing off the, the success of something like Moneyball. It, 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 it's, it's 
Ivan Reitman wanting to try and kind of do a bit of a, a Moneyball thing, but then still throwing little bits of comedy in there and little fun, little quirky bits that are in there that, that feel... I don't know, that feel like they, like they would actually happen. <laughs> the interview, didn't I? So, so do they not get a choice in it? No, Rebecca, I don't know. They get drafted where they get drafted. What if they don't want to move to that place? They just have to go. But like, what if their family's in a different place? They just have to go, Becky. Right, OK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's but it, it's a really entertaining, fun movie yeah. about something that actually in, real, in reality is quite dry. <laughs> Yeah, it is, yeah. It was good. And it's a great, it's a really, really fucking great Chadwick Boseman performance. He's not in it a huge lot. He's not, but he's he's fucking brilliant when he's in it. Mm. We have seen, sorry. Uh, And so, yeah, and it's always nice seeing Dennis Leary turn up and stuff, even if he does look a little bit in this, constantly look like uh, someone's lesbian aunt. Which one was Dennis Leary? He was the coach. Coach Penn? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He did look bit. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a, I, I, a good time watching it again. Um, it was definitely a good Sunday afternoon movie. A good Sunday afternoon movie. I think that we do. Did we have lunch while we watched it? We might have had lunch while we watched it. We don't really normally like to eat while we're watching films. No, we? no. We fully concentrate. What else do we watch, though, Becky? We watched Deep 2C. Deep 2C. Also known as Deep Blue Sea 2. They're fucked up on these. They did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it should be Deep 2C and Deep, Deep Blue 3. Yeah. It should. It shouldn't. It's not difficult, Hollywood. It's not, it's not hard. It's not hard, Hollywood. Replace words with numbers. Yes. Um, ex- you explain Deep Blue, Deep 2C. Well, Deep Blue Sea 2 is basically just Deep Blue Sea with a tittier girl. She's fantastic, though, isn't she? She's just got big tits, Mark. She's kind of shit. No, I thought, I thought she was really good at it. Did you? Yeah. Was it because of her gigantic tits? I'm not going to lie. I'm not normally a boob man, but it did work. But yeah, I, I, I actually really enjoyed Deep Blue, Deep Pussy. I mean, it was fine. If you like Deep Blue Sea, you like Deep Blue Sea too, because the story is basically the same. And I like Deep Blue Sea. But the, the the acting and the production value isn't as good on this as Deep it's Blue not Sea. no, but I respect it for that. I just wanted that fucking titty girl to like zip a wetsuit up at one point in the movie. I don't think it was possible. Mm. No. You said it's, it was probably her. It probably would. It's like that guy who just doesn't wear trousers at all. He just always wears his wetsuit even when he's not. He doesn't even need to be in his wetsuit. He just has it half pulled down. You know the you know the you're painfully not Thomas Jane guy. Yeah, yeah. There's something deeply unattractive about a man that isn't in, like, peak physical condition wearing a wetsuit as well. Deeply unattractive. It, it, it does seem a little bit like when they when, when they decided to make Deep Blue 3, um, like they went, right, we'll rewatch Deep Blue Sea, and then we'll rewatch Deep 2C, uh, and then we'll, we'll we'll work out what we're going to do in Deep, Deep Blue, Blue 3. 3. Yeah. Um, and then when they watched Deep 2C, they went, right, what we need to make sure we do is... Apart from the geeky guy, every guy has to be buff beyond the limit. So the the, the point of where they would normally stop and go, I think you're okay now, they have to go a little bit further than that. What, in number three? Yeah. Well, not because her little 
friend guy that she works with, isn't it? What, the geeky guy? No, the other one. That dude. Oh, yeah, he is. No, he is. He's, like, old. And he's... Yeah. We'll get to that when we talk about Deep Blue 3. No, the guy's fucking pretty ripped, Becky. Is he? Yeah, he is. They actually even reference it several times in the movie. I didn't look at his body because he was old. Uh, he, right. We'll get to that in Deep Blue 3. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Deep Blue. It's Deep fine. Blue like it's, it's enjoyable enough, but it, I just I feel like it's it's tried... Whereas Deep Blue 3 kind of does its own thing a bit sort of a bit yeah deep 2c doesn't at all it just tries to do the same story again but it's kind of fun it is kind of fun and it's kind of <gasps> mental and there's some there's some good kills in both of them to be fair. yeah and it's kind of mental the fact that it literally is that he's taking this weird serum that they've used from the sharks yeah yeah so ian what's our next review <laughs> Deep Blue 3 is directed by John Pogue and stars Tanya Raymond, Nathaniel Busilic, Emerson Brooks, Bren Foster, Alex Bat, Raina Aioi, Sia Maiola, and Iyumile Kwongo. Kwongo. Let's go, go with that. Apologies yeah. to that man. Um, Deep Blue 3 is a film which arrived as a DVD screener in my house. Um, I haven't had a DVD screener in probably half a decade. Um, and the site that I write for, Vodzilla, Ivan, the, uh, the uh, owner of the site, emailed me and said, hey, you know, you said you were kind of interested in reviewing Deep Blue C3 like a month ago. Yeah, Warner have said they'll send us a DVD. What's your address? And then a few days later, a fucking massive box turned up. (laughs) And I open it up from Technicolor. And I open it up, and there's just a bunch of airbags and then a DVD copy of Deep Blue C3. Just wow. Um, So... Deep Blue C3. Um, yeah, it's uh, basically set off the South African coast, is it? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's this almost like shanty floating village, I suppose is the best way I could describe it. Um, yeah. And some climate change um, vloggers are um, filming there and they are interrupted by a bunch of dodgy guys who are tracing some genetically engineered sharks. The genetically engineered sharks from Deep 2C. From, yes, the ones from the ones Deep 2C. Deep 2C. So the main shark in Deep 2C, plus some of her babies. But plus her, her, her babies. that She said, oh, we forgot to mention the babies. The piranha babies. Yeah, in, in, in Deep 2C. Yeah. So there's basically... Um, so Bella gives birth to a litter? A litter of... Uh, a- shark pups? Yeah, of shark pups that literally just act like piranhas, uh, leading to somebody saying, so basically, they're like piranhas. Yes, but they're sharks. This led to a whole conversation of Mark going, that's not what baby sharks look like. It It was very much a similar conversation thread to 
that's not what baby horses look like. And then his mind being blown when I showed him a picture of a foal. It was it was very similar to that when I found him a picture of a baby shark. It would appear like baby mammals confuse me. It does appear like that, yeah. But searching for a picture of a baby shark on Google Images now is really difficult. Yeah. Given the baby shark song. Yes. It's oh, just all that shit. Yeah. So yeah. So sorry, you, tangent. So sorry, tangent, yeah. But yeah, yeah no. that, that's that, 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 that the sharks in the blue three. I'm quite right. Um, um so I haven't seen Deep Two C. Um sure. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Um <laughs> If um, giant breasts, then you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, uh, like Tanya Raymond is not a, a bad-looking lady, but giant breasts would not necessarily describe her. You no. know, decent. Don't get me wrong. Um, very weird seeing Alex from Lost being ogled by the camera. Um, very odd. Um, I'm gonna start. Because I don't have any connection to Deep 2C. I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I know Mike and Paul have talked about it on Shrinstroker vs. Punter as well. Um, in the Pod Syndicate universe, this is like one of the most widely covered films of recent history. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, you know, it's a very simple premise. It knows exactly what it is. Um, it's got... One of the best reveals I, I, I've seen in quite some time, where literally the underwater, they see something coming towards them and you see the person like steering that thing. And literally Donna was sat with me and I just said, please tell me he's got the other half off. Please tell me he's got the other half off. Please tell me he's got the other half off. And oh, yeah, he had the other half off. Um, And then the fucking incredible kill of bad guy decides he actually wants to be a good guy (laughs) goes off to try and help the good guys jumps overboard immediately eaten by shark (laughs) fucking incredible I also like the kill where the two guys were fighting and he, he lifts him up in the air. He alley him. Yeah. <laughs> and the shark guy's there. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was pretty good as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a film that knows what it is. I thought that, like I kind of mentioned, the camera ogling Tanya Raymond, like it's kind of weird that everyone else gets to wear a swimsuit, but a, 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 like a, a, a wetsuit, but whenever she needs to get in the water it's down to her skin piece i get it but i, I don't know it, it just felt a bit odd um I like people don't dive like that there's also yeah i mean that that i think i think that's it it didn't it sounds stupid but it didn't make sense for the character mm. um yeah I, it just i it, it feels like is the world kind of maybe moving on from that maybe but Maybe I'm just a fucking snowflake. I don't know. I'm sure Mark didn't have a problem with it in the slightest. Um, no, no, there you go. Um, to be fair. No, no. I mean, I, I, I can't say I had a problem with it. It just, it was a little bit like, come on now, John Pogue. Like, you, there was plenty of shirtless men in it. I know. Yeah, I suppose there were, but they were all bad guys. 
Kick but, the bad guy. That's that's true as well. But anyway, yeah, no, I I knew exactly what he was doing, had a lot of fun and got the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, Bex, what do you think? Yeah, no, to be fair, I really enjoyed it. I liked it more than Deep 2C, um, less than Deep Blue 2C. Um, but it, at least it was trying to do its own little thing. And like when they're like, oh, my God, in basically they're like in number one what they did was they tried to harvest this stuff from the shark's brains and then in number two like without saying it obviously they tried to do this thing to make them smarter so that when they harvested it there was more to harvest and then you know we try to help people by doing this and it's like you're not though but it kind of tied all of them together because like deep two c when you're watching it and it's like okay so hang on deep blue sea they were trying to extract something from the shark's brains for people with like dementia and stuff and yeah big farmer and to make money but that's why they were doing it and then number two they were putting something into the shark's brains to like make them smarter like i get like as an experimental thing but if that's what you were trialing you wouldn't trial it on sharks you'd trial it on like monkeys how do monkeys look like bad rat because they're close to humans genetically um so like deep 2c didn't make as much sense plot wise but then when you get number three and it's like oh yeah well we're trying to make them smart so they've got more of the smart stuff to extract for the people with the dementia it's like oh okay that's fine and they were tra- they were they were actively trying to tie up threads and it, it it just feels like more effort was put into this one than number two um story-wise i thought it was good i thought the bad guys were sufficiently shady and bad even the bad guy that turned good he was a bit of a dickhead um and there was only one problem that i had with it and that was the uh lady that actually lived on the floating island oh, they just forget about it <laughs> yeah like she's so sidelined in this movie she is the one who lives there she's the one whose home that they're destroying and then like when they get attacked, it's like, oh, where's where's Spin and Maya? Where's Spin and Maya? And it's like, does does the other lady as well, guys? Like, she's the one who just lost her husband. Yeah, the one who <laughs> lost her husband to your fucking freak sharks, and and they just completely forget about her. And what then, about bitch? um, and there was another bit where they just completely forget about her as well. Oh, uh, the last shot when they're on the boat, and she's just she's rowing. And the other yeah, that's right. They're doing fuck all, and they find the other girl in the cupboard, and then they both sit, and she's still just fucking rowing on her own. <laughs> it's like what the fuck, and um, yeah, and I really wanted her to get the kill, like you know when she throws the harpoon. Yeah. At the I really wanted that to be the kill for the main bad guy. Yeah. And it didn't get him. No, it didn't. But she's so sidelined, and like now. If that came out like now and got a wide release and was was watched by humans that don't work on Pod Syndicate, everybody would be up in arms about it because it it feels very kind of it feels very oh we're sidelining this black character and I I know that it's like a whole thing in horror movies that historically black guy dies first and and it's now referenced and jokes are made about it but it it isn't it isn't cool like people reference it and make jokes about it because we now recognize that isn't cool 
um, and, and just for this this poor widowed lady to just get so fucking sidelined at the end of this movie, it just feels kind of criminal. And she's really cool. Like, she's a cool character. Yep. So, yeah, that bothered me. But apart from that, I really liked it. Oh, very good. Oh, a nice one. What? Um, yeah, it, it, it's fun. It, like, I think like, you said, Ian, it, 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 it knows exactly what it is. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, it's a... It's a, I'm gonna say it in a weird way. It's a brighter looking, um, it's a brighter looking movie than the other two. Mm. Uh, in a weird way, it reminded me more of something like um, Piranha 3D. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the movie from I think 2011 or something like that. Um, it reminded me more of something like that than the deeply uh, sea films. Well, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a departure from them because it's actually outside, whereas the yeah. other two have that kind of claustrophobic trapped in there. Yeah, and, and I thought that was quite nice of, of, of doing that. Then trying to get a, a climate change angle into it, um, it, it is nice in the fact that they're always trying to push these uh, these causes in them within these silly little um, genre movies. Mm. Um, it does seem to have a bigger not budget, but it, it, it's a little bit more polished than uh, Deep Two C. Yeah, it feels it feels bigger budget, even if it's not. Yeah, um, I like that, that all the the performances are good. I like the fact that it goes proper bad guy as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just become. It, it, it's almost like halfway through film, they just went, "Oh no, mate, you're a shit bad guy. We're gonna get that guy who can do loads of fucking spin kicks. He's gonna be the main bad guy now. You can piss off." Um, and he's gone. No, I'm the main bad guy, and they've gone. You right, eat right. He gets eaten by a fucking shark. All right, I don't like him. He gets eaten by a shark. Okay, yeah, all right, you're the main bad guy, but you're gonna turn good. Got to jump off here. I, I reckon that he he's filmed an entire little bit where he's a good guy, and they've gone <laughs> wait until he watches it. <laughs> the thing is, we were saying, weren't we, that bit where um, gosh, what's he called? The bad guy, the Euro trash looking bad guy, Lucas. Yeah. Um, and he's shooting at Nandi, Spin, and Maya with the like. His nerf gun, his explosive nerf gun. Yeah. Very colourful for an for a like explosive cannon shoot. Yeah, like I feel yeah, like why would they bother? It really is. But yeah. anyway. And I was like, why are they not trying to stop him? And then it like kind of shows them in the background and they're both kind of you know like in, in fight scenes in movies where like they they they're like they're clearly not supposed to get in on the fight, but they're just kind of like undulating on the on the side of the thing. Like they're doing that and like both kind of Holding each other back. Like non-playable like, characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking knock him over. Stop him shooting at your friends. One of whom you don't care about. Yes. Um, yeah, that was an odd, odd little bit. Yeah, I, I, but uh, as well, another thing that kind of bothered me uh, about it was them constantly referring to uh, that guy as being, oh, we're going to swim. Oh, I've been waiting for a chance for this. Come on, oh, old man. man. Oh, old man, let's see what you've got. And I'm watching him going, you look older than him. Yeah, yeah, that was mental. Like, you, and I, I'm, I'm desperately on IMDb trying to find out which oh, one's man. older. But neither of their data births are listed. <laughs> but it's like, you, you look like you've got a good few years on him. <laughs> yeah. But beyond that, it, it's... It's exactly what a trashy genre pick should be. It is the most sci-fi channel of movies that I've oh, watched oh, in yeah. recent times. Yeah, it's... But it's fun. 
And will they do another? Will 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 there be a uh, deep blue four? Which we'll have to work out how becomes deep blue. How how we work up a four into that somewhere? Um, yeah, they probably they, they will do because this has got way more traction. This movie. It'll be the fourths of the deep blue sea. Yeah, it'll be something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and will we watch it? Yeah. Of course we will. Yeah. Kill a shark movie. Why not? Will. Bloody right. I'd watch the fourth. It's going to happen. The mental thing is, Deep Blue Sea came out in what, 1999, 2000, something like that? Yeah. yeah. The sequel only came out in 2018, and then this one came out in 2020. Nice. It is literally like the rights for it ran out and somebody just bought it. Yeah. We're making more of these. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, definitely not shit. Definitely, definitely not, not shit. shit. Yeah, an awful, an awful lot of fun uh, is what I would say about that one. And our audience poll, uh, Deep Blue 3, um, Definitely not shit, 50%, and touching cloth, 50%. Yeah, I could say not, I could see an argument for Geostorm on this one. You reckon? See an argument for it. There's definitely an argument for it, oh, yeah. I, 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 More I, I, so yeah. probably number two. What? As a Geostorm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you could, I, I, I think I'd probably rank it as a Geostorm. Mm. Number two. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Right, let's have some questions. Uh, we have um, from Rick Kidd at Rick Kidd. Um, Letterbox informs me that I am coming up on having watched five thousand different films, so I'm racking my brain to think of a suitable film I haven't seen to be number five thousand. With that in mind, what film should you have seen that you haven't? Wow. Interesting. So Schindler's List, probably. You still, you're not seeing Schindler's List. No. So is that because is that because you don't want to be miserable and made to hate humanity for three hours? Yeah, basically. Isn't it kind of uplifting though? Doesn't he do a nice thing? I, I would never call um, Schindler's List a feel good hit of the summer. No. I'm not saying feel good, but like he's a. He's no, a- it's not uplifting. It, it, it's miserable to watch. It's well-made misery, but it's still miserable. I know I've seen it, but I think I've blocked it out of my memory. My thing about Shin's List is it's very good, but to use an Ianism, it is very much eat your vegetables. Ah, okay. Okay. Mm. In that sense. Oh, films I should have seen but haven't probably... That one we were saying about the other day that I always fuck up on the name of. Son in Law, the Polly Shaw movie. No. Yeah, you should have seen that. No. Um, Tommy Boy, the Chris Barney movie. I will never, I will go to my fucking grave happily having never seen a Chris Barney movie. Well, fuck it. Fat Man Fall Down isn't funny. I disagree with you. Um, no. Oh, God, what is it? It's the cowboy you want. But not really cowboys. Frank from idea, I don't give a damn. That one. Uh, um, Gone with the Wind. Slickers? Yeah. I've never seen Gone with the Wind. Oh, you've seen Seat Slickers. Oh, right. I've seen Seat Slickers, yeah. No, Gone with the Wind. I, I should have watched that by now. Yeah. You probably should have. But again, it's it, it's so long. 
Mm. It's longer than some miniseries. Uh, wait, what I should probably it? get around to watching To Kill a Mockingbird at some point, seeing as it's my favourite book. Yeah, you probably should do that. Then. Um, I should have seen it. There's, 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 there's loads that will stand out. I can't think of one right now. There's got to be something. Yeah, me too. A big classic. Um, have you ever seen Rio Bravo? Oh, Rio Bravo is good. Yeah, I've never seen it. Not seen it yet, and it, I, I don't know how I've not seen it. Is that a cowboy movie? Yeah. We like cowboy movies. Yeah. I, I, I should probably watch that because I bet it's fantastic, but I've just yeah, I've never I've never seen it. I've never seen The Great Escape, but by all accounts, it's not that great. No. No. It's it it it, it it's fine. It's weirdly placed as being a great British movie. Not set in Britain, not made by a British filmmaker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And not starring a Brit. <laughs> with That's a, always confused me, that. Yeah, with, with a score written by an American that then some twat band plays at every fucking England game for no reason other than what it was always on at Easter when their dads were growing up. Mm. So fucking odd flex that we have in this country it really is mm. um, there'll be more there'll be way more yeah the, 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 obviously the, the, there's always more with things like this um, Casablanca would have been my answer a couple of years ago but I finally got around to watching that didn't I yeah uh, I'm glad I did as well oh um, no I'm changing my answer um, you can just add to it then. oh if you can think of what it is yeah, it's the How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Doctor Strange Love. You've never seen Doctor Strange Love. Never seen Doctor Strange Love. Wow. Okay. Uh, that that will be right up my fucking street as well. Yeah. From reading about it. Have you not seen Doctor Strange Love? Because you're asking what for me. Good fun though. I mean, watch it with me. Regret hitting your ankle there. Angry, didn't you? A little bit, yeah. 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 Kind of want to cry. Yeah, don't blame me on that one. Uh, I've not seen Barry Lyndon. 4K on iTunes is Doctor Strange Love, by the way. Yeah. Mm. Well, good that. transfer. Uh, we have another question. That was from George, but it is on my Instagram and I've got to get to it. Jordan T. McGrath? Yeah. Jordan asks us, favourite goal you can remember from your ch- remember your chosen football team scoring? Ryan Giggs, FA Cup semi-final, Arsenal 99. That's a solid shout, that one. Anything in the latter part of Champions League final in Istanbul. Any of those three? Which one? Any, any of them. Any of those three? Which one? I can't. I can't. I'm not good the, at the Gerard header. The is... penalty shootout ones. I love fucking penalties. You know I do. I am an absolute pain in the ass bitch for penalties. If I can, if I can will a game through the power of positive thought to go to a penalty shootout, I absolutely will. Do. Penalty shootouts are horrible and they should not exist. No, I love a penalty shootout. Yeah. No. Extra time should not exist if you can't fucking do it in ninety minutes. Yeah, extra, extra time should be should be abolished by now. It's ridiculous. Just go straight at penalties. Yeah. A low penalty shootout. Do you know what? That was the fucking best game to watch. Like it was back it was when you not. could still it was. It was back when you could still smoke. It really wasn't. Smoking pubs as well. Yes, and I nearly killed myself smoking in that during that game when I went through forty cigarettes in two hours. <laughs> no, you didn't only go through four. <laughs> 
was it I went through three twenty decks. Uh, I was literally cheers. But I think at one point, uh, one of our friends who was watching <laughs> with us turned around and said, Mark, you do realise you have two cigarettes on the go. Oh, my. <laughs> I was like, do I? <laughs> yeah. But what can I do? <laughs> I'll tell you what, right? If COVID hangs around and whatnot and the world's turning into shit, that's something that can make a comeback. Smoking. Cigarettes, yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. I mean, that's the thing. It is fuck it, isn't it? Yeah. To be fair, I've got to the point now. I've I've been quit for a long time using like an e-cigarette or or my jewel because I'm I'm a basic bitch. Yeah. Um, and I've got to the point now where if I'm on a night out and someone offers me a cigarette and I'm like, actually, yeah, I want mine a cigarette. I can quite happily have one because I know that I don't actually smoke, and I can have one and then the next day just go back to using my e-cigarette. Makes me happy. Cool. Looks cool. No, it's painfully uncool. No, no, it's gross. Well, like you wake up and say, like, "Oh my god, why has something died in me?" No, no, I thought, I thought, you, meant, I thought you meant what is it? No, smoking, smoking, sadly, is still cool. Uh, but yeah, e-cigarettes the, 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 are are painfully fucking uncool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a two part of this. My answer to this, uh, in the sense that um, I'm gonna answer it one. I'm going to limit myself to having to actually be there. Um, And two, um, just in general. Um, For sheer emotion, and I'm sorry about this, Jord, and I genuinely am, but for sheer emotion, it was um, Divock Origi's against Tottenham in the Champions League final. Because I... We watched that in the cabin, didn't we? It was fucking hot as fuck. And I tried not... I, I basically hadn't drank much during the day. And it was on really late. Uh, and we were there for our anniversary. And so we were only there for like three days, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'd not really drank much during the day. And I didn't drink during the game because I really wanted to, to properly watch it. Um, and scoring that early left me really nervous. And, like, I, and I, I get quite nervous when I'm watching big Liverpool games, don't I? Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I'd started watching it, sat back, and by the time it got to that point, I was basically squatting on the floor, just watching the game, just kind of shaking. Um, and it, 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 it really had got me. And then when Divock Origi scored, I kind of had a bit of a breakdown, didn't I? And just started just sobbing uncontrollably for about the last 10 minutes that was from like the last few minutes of the game to the game finishing, just sobbing in the corner. Um, it was a good anniversary, wasn't it, babe? It was, yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck you, football. So, yeah, there was that. Um, another one would be... And, uh, yeah, that, that that probably is that one. Um, but actually being uh, in the, uh, the, the ground and watching it, and again, I promise I am not picking these just to be a twat. I mean, it sounds like you are. I'm not. I'm not picking just to be a twat. Against it was against Manchester United. United. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was. It was the. It was the season before the Premier League season started. Mm. Before Premier League started. So, um, for for anyone under the age of, I would say, um, 32, 33, football existed before 1992. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, I think, but it did exist for quite a while before 1992 right and in the last season of the football league 
as it was before we had the Premier League, um, it was neck and neck between Leeds United and Manchester United. And um, Leeds had played <coughs> earlier in the day, and I think they'd beaten Sheffield United 1-0, I think. And then Liverpool were playing Manchester United. Um, and we went 2-0 um, up very early on. And the second goal was it was got by Ian Rush. And it was the first time Ian Rush had scored against Manchester United in the league. He'd never scored. 346 goals for Liverpool. I think he was on about, at the time, I think it was about number 310 or something like that. And he'd never scored in the league. It's gone in the cup games against United, but he never scored in the league against Manchester United. So it's the first time he'd done it. Um, and literally an entire ground singing from the, for the next 80 minutes. Um, always look on the bright side of life for literally 80 minutes at, at, at United fans was, you know, at the time it seemed like a good idea. And then literally the next 20 years happened and you look back on it and go, oh, weren't these simpler times? <laughs> you know, United at, the, at this point hadn't won a league for 24 years. We'd won one like three years before and it'd be all right. Now, 30 years later, <laughs> we've just won one. Yeah, that's not going to call you on. It wasn't a good idea, but at the time it felt okay. okay. Yeah, so yeah, it'll probably be that. It was you a really guys good need goal to do well. a football podcast and get all this out of your system in another avenue, so I'm not just like going, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. The problem is I could talk about football for literally hours. You wouldn't even get a fucking word in that way, would you? Literally, and it wouldn't even need to be about it. You could literally just go, say to me, so Matt, we're covering, in this mini-series, we're covering, um, we're covering the position of right back, and I'd be like, right, brilliant, let's fucking go. <laughs> Five hours later. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure I'm up for that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone is. It would be a lot of. Uh, is anyone still there? <laughs> nice. You could just do it on your own. Get people to send in like subjects, and you could just monologue for three days. I I think it would be the most self-indulgent thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, but but if anyone wants to listen to that, I will happily do a a, a pod syndicate bonus show, which is just football questions. And if you want to ask me them, ask me them, and I will happily do that show. So there you go, film bastards listeners. If you want that podcast, send me questions, and I can I can get an hour out of just like maybe three questions. I mean that yeah. So thank you very much for that, Jared. Uh, I promise I didn't pick that goal just to what is it be a twat my second goal actually was um, Steven Gerrard's volley against Middlesbrough which is absolutely beautiful and I could watch it all day long same with Torres's against uh, Blackburn Torres. I, can, I could keep going with this <laughs> anyway I also like uh, Mo Salah's from uh, this weekend, where if you watch the footage from LFC TV that doesn't have any of the background noises, just before he finishes it, and it's a hell of a finish, uh, you can hear Jordan Henderson just shout the word, FINISH! <laughs> <laughs> and so they did like a super cut. They opened a super cut of every angle of the goal. But all you can hear is, FINISH! 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 And it sounds a little bit like a Mortal Kombat game. <laughs> 
Nice. So that, that was our questions. Very good. So, coming up next week, we're back to Netflix for our premium content. Who the fuck knows when we'll review a theatrically released film again? Will it be Death on the Nile? Will it be Black Widow? Will it be No Time to Die? Will it be The Croods, A New Age? We'll find out. Uh, but we do have Antonio Campos's new film, The Devil All the Time, which is getting some mixed word, it would seem. So I, I, I'm more up for it getting mixed word than it is getting. Yep, yep, yep. I agree with that. Uh, you know, we'll also we'll find some other bollocks to talk about i'm sure i've also got uh playing forward which we are actually recording we, we were supposed to record it last week we didn't we're actually got it this week i think next week next week yeah yeah okay Sunday, fuck, fuck for that sorry is it this sunday or is it the sunday after i thought it was a little bit up in the air anyway we're going to be doing it at some point um podsyndicate.com you've got his film her movie you've got the iron sequel twin stroker versus punter beyond the neon what's on tap entertainment landfill uh and us obviously um uh patron content has been a little bit quiet over the last couple of weeks because we've been taking a little bit of a break uh ian's guide to bondage will be well should be back in in the next week or so um i'm ever so slightly reticent because i think as soon as i put that up they're gonna delay no time to die again um but i know andrew jones wants to talk about some tomorrow never dies and that's the next one i need to cover so we will get on that we um also want to do the series of talking about the uh f-rated films on cinema score even though uh matt singer noted uh critic has today put out an article on screen crush i believe of uh his ranking of the f films uh and it almost feels like we're uh copying him we're not we could this idea fucking ages um i i'm I'm sure he's not um okay (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah i so that that'll happen at some point i'm sure um yeah, I think that's about it. It's 15 minutes till the PlayStation 5 reveal when I want another beer. So I'm going to get the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, so thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Becky. Thanks very much, thank Ian. Thank you, Ian, for hosting. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.